All right, everybody, welcome to the Metropolis Podcast. I have an amazing guest today, Danielle McKinnon. She is a soul-level animal communicator and an author. Books are Soul Contracts, Animal Lessons, The Incredible Animal Afterlife, and 27 Flavors of Fulfillment. Danielle's shaking her head. Okay. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good, good. I have to tell you, um, I mean, this is obviously the first time we're meeting, but I am such a skeptic with animal communication because I've had various experiences. Um, I've had some really good ones and some oddball, like, who is this person? What are they talking about? But after watching all your YouTube videos and I uh, got your soul contract book, which is kind of a humans and uh, it's it's a combination of things. So I said, oh, okay, this sounds really interesting. I want to talk to Danielle. So welcome. I'm so glad to have you today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I love that you're right off the bat, like I have a good experiences. I've had not so good experience, but you know, actually so have I. So it, 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 it can depend on the connection with the animal. It can depend on the day. It can depend on how trained the person is. Are they managing their energy? It can depend on if they have ulterior motives. Like I just want to make her happy, you know, and, and all of that human stuff can really get in the way of a connection as well. So yeah. <laughs> you just said it, all of that human stuff gets in the it's way. The, yeah. Yeah. It's the human stuff. That energy that we're trying to hone into, right? Yeah. I'm all about energy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes don't know how the hell to use it. So <laughs> what is a soul level animal communicator? Explain that to me. Tell me what that is. I know you have a school where you teach this as well. Okay. So I didn't ever know this. Soul level animal communication is something the animals taught me. There's... I know you, you can, I don't know if they can see your face, but I saw your face. <laughs> All right. An animal communicator, just going to say a plain regular animal communicator, which is doing uh, someone who's doing psychic communication with animals. They'll connect with the animal at a more of a physical level. They'll be able to get information from the animal. Like what's your favorite thing to do? What is your human like? Uh, what do you dislike? Uh, what's your favorite food? Does your foot hurt? And oh, that's what's your all... favorite food and does your foot hurt? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can get all that type of information from animals when you're connecting psychically at the it's the psychic level, but it's the more of the physical being. And um, my experience was, wow, if I can learn to do this thing, I am going to be able to make all animals behave better. Because I was like, I can do animal communication. I can tell them, well, they need to stop picking on their sister. And I, and you know, I thought I, this was going to be like the ultimate, like psychic mind control with animals to fix all animal problems. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. The animals started schooling me as I'm doing these readings with people. The animals started doing things like, 
well, I'm misbehaving. I'm barking at so-and-so all of the time, or I'm peeing outside the litter box all the time because of my human, because I want my human to know something, or I want my human to learn something. Like I'm trying to teach my human how to be independent by being independent myself, which their human thinks is misbehavior. And so that's what started becoming soul level animal communication, that the animals were actually doing what they're doing to teach us lessons about ourselves. And that's the difference. So when I'm doing an animal communication reading, yeah, I can find out if their foot hurts, but the cool information to really get is why are they doing what they're doing? How are they helping their human? What are they helping their human learn? Hmm. Oh, that's a lot to count. <laughs> you started okay. out with like a huge question. Yeah. Sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm a little bit unsure about this desire to know about what happens with the afterlife. Why are people so caught up with knowing what's going on within the afterlife or if they made the right decision? I mean, isn't it about being in the moment and doing what's right for your pet? People are just so, everything I listen to on your YouTube channel and everything, I, whenever I talk to people, when it comes time to end of life with their pets, they're in the state of havoc and chaos instead of connecting and having that awareness. And then here you are talking about it so calmly and in a relaxed way, what is this need to constantly know about the afterlife? So when, and hopefully it's okay if I, if I mention this, when we first got on before you turned recording on, yeah. you were talking about how with your cat, sometimes you look at your cat and you say, do you love me? You know, <laughs> totally normal human question we have for our animals. A lot of people have that question. <laughs> yeah, I gave you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people have that question about their animals and they have feelings and baggage around it. So did my pet really love me? Were they happy? We start going down this road of thinking we didn't do it well enough or, or we should have done things differently. All that human stuff gets all bundled up in my dog past. And now I feel terrible. I didn't do it right, or I should have done more, or I miss him, or he was the only one who understood me. So out of, you're laughing because you know. <laughs> so out of that comes all of these questions about, I, I don't want to lose this connection, or I want to make sure I did okay. And that's why so many people find animal communication through the loss of their pet because their pet dies and they want, they want to reconnect or they want to know that they did a good job or they want to know that their pet forgives them for going away on vacation, things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I just, what, okay. Tell me what you teach at your school about. <laughs> understanding and connecting to animals because what you're talking about here when it comes to knowing that the animal loves us you know even though I look at my pet I'm like do you love me and then I walk away I'm like yeah they do love me kind of maybe no <laughs> and then you know that, that that questioning I walk away and I'm like yeah I feed them they love me that's fine 
and I give them everything that I possibly can. And I maybe I'm not your average person. I don't doubt the choices. I don't doubt myself with the choices I make. Shit, I'm going all over the place, Danielle. <laughs> Actually, now I'm doubting myself. Yeah. Well, it's our normal human way. Okay, so here we are. Think. Normal human way. We're stupid people and we're not connected to our own energies and we don't pay attention to our pets. So what do you teach at the school of yours where we can learn to be better connected, more intuitive when it comes to our animals? What do I teach about that? Well, through animal communication, that, I mean, that's the main way that I get people to reconnect with their, their animals or to connect better with their animals that are alive. To have the ability to connect with your animal and then go, hey, are you upset about when I went on vacation? And actually get the answer back. It helps a lot of people. Um, granted, they go through a lot of did I make that up? I don't know. Am I just talking inside my head? There's a lot of self-doubt. No, I went on that. I just went on that trajectory. I, mean, yes. I was just like, wait, am I in my head? Right. <laughs> I go from being confident to, I have no idea I'm talking to a cat or a dog. Now imagine that you, you have that kind of up and down. I'm confident I'm not. I'm doing the right thing. Oh. Am I now add passing, add a death in the middle of that? It really brings people's stuff up. It really brings their their worries and their fears about themselves as a human when their animal passes. It you know people who love their animals for many of them, and this is going to sound crazy to people who don't feel this way, for many of them, losing their pet is a bigger deal than losing a human because yeah. their pet is the one they felt the most safe and comfortable with. And they didn't feel like that with their family or friends. Is it because we really don't know how to have that unconditional love with another human, whereas with an animal, because there is just they rely on us completely. We're giving ourselves to them. Is that the reason? Is there, is that one of the reasons? Um, I would say it like this, that so animals have shared with me in my readings with them that they've mastered unconditional love. So they hold that vibration within themselves. So when we bring an animal into our lives, it's, it's a moment for us to actually touch that, to be in connection with that. Humans and if you watched my YouTube videos, you know, I say this all the time. We have not in any way mastered it. We're all working on it, but we don't, we don't love ourselves. We don't believe in ourselves. We doubt ourselves. We think we're failures. We think we're not good enough, whatever it is. You don't watch animals in the wild having self-esteem issues. <laughs> that's not really a natural thing. <laughs> oh my God, that's great. <laughs> they've mastered unconditional love they fully love themselves but we don't so when we lose the connection to that that vibration of unconditional love it's it's devastating for many of us and many of us have no idea it will be devastating until it happens i work with foods with animals and foods and holistic foods natural foods and there's a lot of junk on the market there's a lot of great marketing but there is a lot of misinformation when it comes to foods. Do you, when you do communicate with animals, do they tell you my food sucks? Oh yeah. Uh, 
Don't tell me about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny too. So they can say, this food isn't working for me. I don't like this food. It's too dry. It's too wet. Or I want that food from the other day that was like this. Like they can, they can share all of that. They, um, so they're still animals. They're still the physical being who wants things at the, in the physical world. And so sometimes animals will be like, uh, very dramatic about it. I had a, I had a chocolate lab, um, when I first started doing this and she loved food and I would use her as a practice animal with my students and they wouldn't know she was mine, but they would all connect intuitively with her. They were, she wasn't there in the room and she, they would, some of them would start crying. I'd have them ask her about food and they, they, some of them would start crying and they'd be upset and they'd be like, I can't believe this person is treating this dog this way. My dog would be like, I'm starving. I'm not getting enough to eat. You know, just very dramatic because she was trying to manipulate the situation to get what she wanted, which was more food, but she didn't need more food at all. She was a perfect weight. So yeah, they have a lot to say about food. Now, when you connect more deeply with them, they can actually share, I need more of this in my food. I need more of that in my food. So there's the comical part that my dog did, but then there's the, also the wisdom in there as well as to what is working and what isn't working. Okay. So you do get that wisdom from the animals. Okay. Yeah. You saw that fat cat who was sitting in the seat when we first started. Um, can you just give me an overview of his thoughts about food? Oh, what's his name? Bootsy Collins. <laughs> it is the best thing having people tell me their animals' names. <laughs> um, okay, so when I connect with Bootsy Collins, who you don't call Bootsy Collins all the time, right? What no, you, I call him Bootsy, Bootsy when I'm trying okay. to eat. Okay. So um, the, the, the thing that he shows me, so they communicate in visuals, they communicate in sounds, uh, videos, feelings, thoughts, like all different ways. But what he shows me is um, the big pause that I saw when you, when you held him up, <laughs> but he shows me, he's kind of leaning back and he's patting his belly. Like, yeah, it's like pretty su- This is a very, like, I like, my food and I'm patting my belt. Like it's a very self-satisfied. Um, did you ever see, did you ever see that? Um, you are, this is going to be a weird reference, but did you ever see the movie dude? Where's my car? Yeah, I did. He's like, dude, where's my food? Well, in, in that movie, there's a, um, there's a, and, but here's the thing. He's very clear about it, that he gets it. And that's where the dude, where's my car movie is coming in because he is in that movie. The, 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 the dog is sitting back kind of like a Buddha patting his stomach. I think he was smoking pot as well, but he was yeah, like, yeah. I am just so happy. Like, this is how he feels about the food and about getting the food from you. So I know you're into animal nutrition and all the food and everything. Yeah. I do wonder, <laughs> he's getting, he gets a lot. According to him, he, he's, he's very, very satisfied with his food. So um, I'm surprised. I would expect that you would be holding a little back, but according to him, he gets whatever he wants. He does. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
my god he is a special <laughs> he's a special child <laughs> you didn't know what this podcast was going to be like today yeah, I had no clue. and he went when I got him he came from and he came from a place where he was being fed nine lives and crap and now he's all raw fed okay. so um Oh, but that also makes sense because there's such a, um, there's a, a huge amount that he's getting, but there's also a, uh, like it's satisfaction. It's not just satisfaction of I'm full. It's, it's a more like emotional, complete satisfaction that he has around food. Does that make sense? Like the, he doesn't, he's not wanting, there's not baggage around it. He, you're doing it perfectly according to him. <laughs> There's no baggage around it. I know. Some animals, some animals will have a lot of stuff around food because they want their human to learn something through that. But this, um, all I'm seeing is that he's getting really as much as he wants and it's, it's great food. So pet, pets tell you about their, um, about their food desires, their issues with food. And if they're not feeling well, they, they communicate that information with you. Yeah. But like any being, they only talk about what they want to talk about. So it's not like you can connect in and say, tell me what's going on with you or tell me why you're unhappy about this and force them to talk about it. I couldn't make you talk about anything you don't want to talk about. Same with animals psychically. So you really have to form a connection and a bond so they feel trusting it to, to share in that um, reading. Have you ever had an animal not want to come through? And not sometimes, or not not come through but sometimes an animal will be like I don't want to talk about that um I find at this point in in my work that if an animal doesn't want to talk about something it's usually because of something with the human mm -hmm. meaning I'm not going to talk about this sickness because it's going to throw my human off the, the the deep end or I'm not going to talk anymore about your boyfriend or you know whatever whatever the thing is they they have boundaries so one of the things I teach my students is that we have to respect those boundaries. We can't make them talk. We can manage our energy, put ourselves into a better space to be able to do it, go back in and try again. But if they're not having it, they're not having it. What lessons are they communicating with their owners? I mean, what do you see most, especially cats with cats and dogs? Here, the cat lady thing really aggravates the hell out of me. Um, and then, you know, now we have all these social media uh, popular guys who are uh, who call themselves cat ladies. And here, I get so annoyed by that term. Um, I'm an animal lady. <laughs> Any animal, I'm fine with that. But you know, the whole, for cats specifically, um, is there a barrier that women are putting in, you know, in front of themselves when they have cats in relationships? I know, I have to- Wait, 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 start this question again. <laughs> women that have cats, do yeah. they put barriers up? Is that almost like having a barrier instead of bringing in relationships? Or not across the board. media has put out there? Yeah, the, the whole, not across the board. Okay. No, I don't I, I'll say it. I'll say it like this. So in terms of the lessons that our animals are teaching us, there's the individual lesson that I have with my dog, you have with your cat. There's, there's that piece, which is very personalized in general. Cats are usually helping us believe in ourselves, 
and be independent in general, if I could draw like an across the board thing, but it's so really specific per person. Dogs are, and this will make sense, dogs are, if I'm generalizing, teaching us about uh, becoming leaders, believing we can do it, believing in ourselves and kind of taking charge, which is different from independence. Yeah, but my, my like, one of my dogs was teaching me to trust my intuition, like to believe that I could do it and to, and to really lean into it. Um, actually both of my dogs that have passed were teaching me that through various lessons. So what you're seeing on social media, I don't really agree with, <laughs> um, okay. it works better to go to the individual animal to find out. Okay. Yeah. I don't agree with anything on social media, <laughs> not at all, but a lot of people do they they it becomes gospel for them yeah. so there's a lot of judgment around people that have more than two cats and then i turn around and say well i guess beth stern who rescues cats right. and is hot you know right. that's an issue but they right. won't, you know they pick and choose their areas um and i i have met and worked with or trained many people who have many 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 animals and they can manage that but probably if somebody has too many animals that they can't manage, there's also a whole lot else going on in their life. Yeah. Like the problem is not the animals. It's the reason that this is occurring. And then what will probably happen in a situation like that is that animals will do things to help this person realize they're over their head or they need to make changes. Like it may be that somebody has too many animals, the animals start getting, all of them start getting out of control. They're going to make it so that this person has to notice and make a change. Oh, that person <laughs> has to actually know, make that person actually has to notice. Yeah. The person's not going to make a change until they notice, which is why you find some really horrific situations. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. those animals will keep, keep pushing. They'll keep going. They'll keep making it harder and harder in an effort to get that person to notice and make changes. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when it's somebody and you know that I admire those animals that are with those people who are just don't want to look. The other thing is animals can make determinations about, well, how far can I push this person? How much deep change will this person be able to make in their belief system in this lifetime? So one dog might be working with someone to help them believe in themselves and like believe they can do this job or whatever it is. And they, they might push them to this degree, whereas another dog might help someone with that same kind of lesson, but only push them a little bit because that person has stuff that won't let them take it as far as the other person. Hmm. Okay. Have you ever come across... Um, a really difficult case where the animal was telling you something about the household that like abuse or things that, how do you handle that? You as the intuitive, how do you manage that process? Um, when it first happened to me, I would fight psychically with the animal. <laughs> what? <laughs> Meaning? Challenge them? Like, no, I, 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 um, I did not 
When that first began happening, I didn't want to tell the human what the animal is telling me. What human brings their animal to an animal communicator and wants their secrets out there, right? I didn't want to tell. Right. But usually when somebody's bringing their animal to an animal communicator, it's to help the um, animal do something better, like fix this behavior problem, like fix the animal. But um, animals are aware when we're in abusive situations and they they do things around that. Um, would it be okay if I told the story of Jesus the Chihuahua? Okay. <laughs> so this was my resistance to going to this deeper level with the animals who understand so much about us. Um, I still wanted to do the, hey, I'm going to tell all you animals psychically how to behave and fix all your problems. <laughs> um, so this woman brought her dog, Jesus, to me. He was a chihuahua and he was peeing in a plant in the kitchen and she wanted me to tell him to stop. And this was when I thought I could, when I thought he would just listen to me like, Anybody you tell anything to do would listen to you. They don't, they don't listen. <laughs> no one listens. <laughs> they have to come to it because they decided. So I go through the normal reading. I'm getting to know, hey, Sue, she's confirming this is all on the phone. Yep, he does that. Oh yeah, that's really him. It's all working. And then we get to the part where we're going to talk about the peeing in the plant. And I say to him, um, okay, you're peeing in the plant in the kitchen and, and this has to stop. So what's going on here? Are you, do you have a kidney infection? No. Do you have, do you not know where out is? No. Does your legs hurt? Like I asked him, I was basically playing 20 psychic questions with him. And um, if you can imagine a chihuahua kind of crossing their arms and rolling their eyes while they're answering your questions, like he's yeah. like, come on, Danielle, of course I know where out is, you know, <laughs> he really kind of copped a little bit of an attitude with me. And finally I gave in. So this was my human part was like, let's solve this problem. Ask him what the problem, you know, ask him what all these potential issues are. Is it any of those? I gave in and I said, why are you peeing in the plant in the kitchen? And he, that's when he gave me the real answer. And the real answer was he was peeing in the plant in the kitchen at times when the abuse in the house was happening. The woman who had brought him to me was being abused by her husband. Often the abuse was happening in the kitchen. And so he would pee in the plant in the kitchen as his indicator, no matter what I'm taking care of my needs, even when it upsets everybody else. That's what he was demonstrating to her. So I know <laughs> my problem was she just wanted me to tell him to stop peeing in the plant. And so I went back to Jesus and I'm like, no can't you give me some other answer <laughs> like can it be something else because I do not want to go and tell her that I know what's going on and I really it was kind of the the pivotal moment in my career where I realized if I'm going to do this and they're sharing with me this big stuff that they're doing I have to be okay sharing what it is yeah. um so they they not only do they know when there's abuse going on they usually are trying to help us in some way around that so what did you tell the owner so I didn't, this was my first time this happened and I didn't feel comfortable saying it full on. So I ended up kind of softening it. I talked about the energy rather than using the word abuse, even though he had used the word abuse. So I said, the energy is getting sharp in the kitchen. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel safe. So at times like that, he's peeing in the plant to show you, you need to take care of your needs and get out of that energy. I didn't say all that I knew and it was my, my failing, like my learning there. Now I know, 
now I know I've got it. And if someone were to come to me for this type of work, they know what they're getting. <laughs> they know that their animal is concerned with them. So it's not a surprise anymore. But that was like six months into me being an animal communicator. Mm-hmm. And I was uncomfortable sharing everything that I received. Wow. You still put it out there. You still yes. hold her. Yeah. Yes. Now, now I'm okay with it. And now that's what I teach people is we have to share everything and everything that the animals are sharing with us psychically is meant to assist the human in some way. We might not know why, but it's meant to help them grow. Wow. So since then, have you had any cases where you just came out and said, Hey, there's some terrible stuff. Yes. Now it's a normal thing and I'm, I'm okay with it now. (laughs) Yeah. What's the response like from the owners? Um, because people know me now, they know to expect it's, it's going to be something about them. So they're, they're open to it. Just putting it out there has allowed the people who are ready to hear it come to me. That woman didn't leave her husband as far as I know, I haven't reached out in many years, but that particular woman didn't do anything about it. And I'm, I, you know, I can't, I can't change that. No. Um, but nowadays I feel like she wouldn't come to me because she would know that it's not just psychically telling the animal do this, <laughs> not in my world. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Totally. So a lot of what you do actually is to help the human more than anything else. It's really not, it's for the human to have a better understanding of themselves, their behaviors. And if they truly want to have that unconditional connection with their animal, they need to be part of the process. Yes. And when they do, when they learn whatever the thing is, when they start mastering their anxiety or believing in themselves better or whatever it is, that shift allows them to be better for the animal in their life. That shift allows them to feel closer. That shift allows them to have um, more happen in that relationship or or for it to go deeper. So instead of the animal saying, I want more walks, which sometimes they do say, it's going to be something kind of like a backdoor into that. Wow, you're not taking care of yourself. You've been sitting around eating Cheetos a lot. I see a picture of Cheetos. (laughs) So he's saying, we need to go on more walks. They need to be fast walks. You know what I mean? So it's like, it benefits them both, but it brings them both closer together when we eliminate Cheetos and go on more walks. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, got it. So how'd you get into this? Um... My dog got sick mm-hmm. and I took her, I, she was at the vet for days and days and nobody could figure out what was going on. I ended up at the, at the, a friend said, take her to the pet psychic in town. And I was immediately so excited because I'd always been interested in that kind of stuff, but I'd always been told it wasn't real. I grew up in a family. It was like, Danielle, tone it down, be normal, like stop being so sensitive. So, um, we, I took her out of the vet. I grabbed my husband. We went to see the pet psychic and, um, I got a reading and I should mention that my husband is a, um, hydrogeologist. 
He's still working on getting his PhD. Like he's, he's a very grounded data-driven person, but he married me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, so he's, he's like, okay, Danielle, what are we going to do now? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so we go to the parking lot, we get this reading. He's kind of leaning up against a, a car because we had to be in the parking lot because I brought my dog, my sick dog, and we couldn't go into the place. And um, the guy was able to tell me that my dog was sharing with him that she ate corn cobs. That's what she needed to pass. And she'd done it because she was so anxious since my husband and I had been fighting about my mother. And we had been fighting about my mother-in-law. I really didn't care about that distinction. I was like, I am in. This is my thing. Like, what am I doing in marketing in the corporate world? And I, 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 I was like, this is what I've actually been doing my whole life. My mom is wrong. This is real. <laughs> and so I took a class and realized, yep, I'm really doing this. I've been doing it for my entire life. And then I started my business. And my dog lived. Okay, so they didn't do an ultrasound or an x-ray to see if there were corn cobs in his digestive tract? They weren't seeing them. They weren't seeing the... Nope, but she did pass them. Oh, this was like, this was like two, two, 2000. This was in 2000. This was a really long time ago. I don't know. Yeah, no, but they still had x-rays there and ultrasounds. I was getting... They didn't see them. They My didn't dog see had them. rocks in his belly, you know, when he was six months old because he decided to eat rocks right before yeah that's about how old she was six months yeah. old yeah yeah there's such yeah. rocks at that age these dogs and I'm she was a chocolate lab oh perfect <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love that out of that story all that stuff that I said you're like they didn't do an x-ray <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> you know scientifically they should have done an x-ray they should have been they did but they couldn't see anything and they and they did a couple over the four days like did something move can we and they didn't see anything so that's when you bring in the ultrasound oh my god they probably maybe they did an ultrasound. i don't know whatever it was they were stumped, they were stumped. So. and she was eating food at the same time so her belly may have been full uh, I don't know what else she ate with the corn cobs. Never ask her. Sorry, I'm going off filter. <laughs> but the four days that she was at the vet, she wasn't eating anything. They had her on an IV and so she wasn't moving. Oh yeah. my God. Shocking. Yeah. All right. Oh my God. Anyone pulled that out of the story? I know. It's just, well, I can't help it's it. Your you know? I get it. <laughs> Like, why do they see that? I think your bet would have seen that. <laughs> um, what are some of the biggest problems people come to you for? Um, behavior problems. A lot of the time, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Can we stop that? Or, you know, why is my cat waking me up every morning at two in the morning? <laughs> why? Hyperthyroid, maybe. <laughs> have you gone to the <laughs> <laughs> like seriously <laughs> or maybe you're feeding him dry food and uh he, he needs to eat more than he should sorry <laughs> yeah so I have never heard the word hyperthyroid but that's because they don't communicate to me in words that I don't know so, so they use my you? my vocabulary so mm -hmm. I might like I used to do a lot of work with courses and you know there's there's like trotting and this this you know, thing that goes on their head. And I don't know any of those. So right. 
the animals would have to communicate to me. I'd be like, okay, there's this thing that goes like this and that, or there's this walk that they're doing in their feet. You know, I have to describe the experience because I don't have those words. So that in terms of hyperthyroid, I'm going to explain it in yeah. Danielle terms. Right. So what would the, what would the cat be saying? Now, I, was, I don't know because I don't even know what hyperthyroid is. Oh, forget hyperthyroid, forget hyperthyroid, forget that. But what would the cat be saying to you? Because why are they waking up their owners in the middle of the night? Not enough. Play. Oh, it's, 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 what, what'd you say? Not enough play. I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could, it could be not enough play. It could be, you're not taking care of yourself. You're staying up too late. I'm going to make you get up early so that you start going to bed or like, it could, it could be like, oh, lots wow. of, yeah. for real. Yes. Yeah. Oh so God. they know they know so much. They know so much that we don't think they know. They are completely aware of all the stuff going. They know when we're not doing a good job with ourselves. They know when we're lying. They know when we're not like happy with our boyfriend or whatever. They know They know it all. Okay. So I was a little nervous about this interview. I'm thinking, oh my God, is she going to read my cats and they're going to tell her things that I don't want people to know? <laughs> That's what always people worry about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my question. So people actually are concerned about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here's the thing. They only do it when it's helpful. So can I be like, I don't know how, if I can be a little bit inappropriate, but you already yeah. swore. Okay. Yeah, you can say it be okay. totally inappropriate. Okay. So one time this woman um, brought her uh what was it this was a long time ago but it's always stuck in my head brought her dog it was her dog brought her dog to me because her dog was acting really really weird and she didn't know why and so when i started out i'm i'm connecting in and the dog keeps basically pointing to her like hey look 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 here look here and she was acting weird in the call and I'm, I'm asking her, is everything okay? And she was being kind of weird and distant. And the dog keeps like putting arrows over to her. I mean, it's in my head, but yeah, put, yeah, you know, yeah. focus on her. Look here. Finally, she's saying, no, everything's fine, but she's being weird. And it was hard to have the full connection because when I connect in, I connect with the, the dog, but the human's also part of this connection because yeah. we're all in it together. But her part was not quite working. Finally, the dog shows me. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that I can say this. <laughs> Does she have a dog um, or something? Two, we are going down that road. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> two penises, men, male, human penises, crossed over each other like this. Oh, wow. And first of all, I'm like, what, what do I even, what do I even do? What do I do with two penises in a, in a cross? Like what, what, what am I supposed to say here? And it turned out, so, and like I told you, I learned, I have to say everything that comes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I made you choke. <laughs> So I said it, I'm like, okay, something's going on here. I see the two penises, they're crossed over each other. I don't, I don't know what it means. And then she fessed up the night before she had had a threesome and she felt really terrible about herself for it. And she didn't 
she she just didn't feel comfortable right now. She was very preoccupied with the threesome and feeling very bad about herself. Once that came out, we were able to proceed with the reading in a normal way without without all that other stuff. But that dog knew what was going on and what was getting in the way. I love, I love you crossing your fingers like the two penises. Because <laughs> I will never forget the two penises. The dog giving the two penises. <laughs> well, the dog was having issues prior to the two penises. So this- Yes, and then we were broken. able to- Okay. Yeah. So then we could address the issues that the dog was having with her, but we couldn't even get there until we got the two penises out of the way. <laughs> oh, we should all have those problems. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I have no idea where this, I can't even believe I said that in a podcast, but that's okay. <laughs> This is the kind of podcast I like about penis. Oh, good. <laughs> it's like hot in here now. <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> so, um, so did that woman have other issues like in the past with penises, and that's why the dog's behavior? Never mind. I don't need to go there. I don't want to go that far into that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But she oh, felt shame. So her shame was really stopping her from being able to be present. And to do a reading, you need that person to be present and, and focused. And uh, I'm going to make the assumption that the shame was a lot deeper than just that one previous night, that it was layers of shame that she had was dealing with. Yeah. Okay. But we didn't address all of that. We just needed, it's a lot of time, you just need to get it out in the open. And once she'd said it, everything settled down and she could be present. Amazing. Those are just, that's just so not a big deal. Something like that. But people are so uncomfortable sexually or. She was. Yeah. yeah. Sad. Was. Sadly. Sad. Okay. But it was very cool because once she said it and there was no judgment on my part, I just wanted to be able to do the reading. And her dog was like, let's, let's do this. Get the penises out of the way, you know, then we could move on. And, you know, hopefully I helped her. To see like a Rhodesian Ridgeback saying, all right, get the penises out of the way. Let's talk about something else or, you know. Okay. Oh my. <laughs> so how do we master these unconditional um, connections? Is there a way of mastering it by taking your classes? I mean, I'm really interested now. I'm really interested <laughs> in what I do. When I do food consulting, and even when I when I uh, work with people in the pet industry, um, I often think about how they are with their pets. You know, like I was um, I, I was talking to someone uh, on a dating site, and we're going back and forth, communicating, and. Um, we were talking about spinning. I'm like, I don't know. Spinning just makes me feel like a gerbil on, on a wheel. I'm like, I don't know. I just, you know, I do it. But I every, I always imagine being a gerbil on a, you know, on a wheel. And he was like, I never thought of that. Yeah, actually. And so, I can never spin again. <laughs> maybe I ruined that for him. But right. um, don't want to do that. But 
yeah, I always connect how animals connect to things that we do. Like if I'm doing my, I, da I do salsa dancing, right? So if I'm doing my salsa lessons at home uh, through my online uh, classes, I wondered what are my cats thinking when I'm dancing? And because they all disappear and one just stands there and stares at me. One of the girls just stands there and stares at me. So I always think, what are they thinking? Am I getting in their way? I have to move all their toys out of the way. So um, how do I, those are questions I think of because animals are, I'm surrounded by them and I'm surrounded by people that are in the pet industry and work with animals every day. Yeah. Are they seeing what the pet's needs are? Are they asking the right questions? Yeah. And that's where I find what you do interesting in the fact that you have a platform where you teach it. You know, maybe this is a great thing for people that are in the industry to connect to and learn with so they can make themselves better in how they communicate with their clients, with their pet owning clients. I find it very um. I don't know. I, I think it, it's drawing me in a bit in a weird way. I didn't know that. <laughs> After the penises, of course. No. <laughs> well, yeah, it was penises. And I mean, between Jesus and penises, I mean, right. I don't even know what to call this anymore. Um, right. So, I, so I, I, a lot of people who take my classes are people in the pet industry. Really? Because they can incorporate connecting with the animals they're working with intuitively into whatever they're doing you know you you imagine an animal trainer who actually gets to ask that dog well why why do they keep slowing down there or what is the the thing there and get the answer back well I don't like this piece or my stomach's actually upset whenever we come here or, or whatever the thing is and then you can make those those little adjustments it makes people in the pet industry look like superheroes because it seems like they have this sixth sense that they're consciously using. So many people in the pet industry are already using animal communication without realizing it. They just think they're really good with animals and they don't realize they're picking up all of these intuitive cues and incorporating them as well. So yes, people in the pet industry, you should take Danielle's course. Um, <laughs> Can I ask you what the cost of the course is and what you teach? Can you talk about that a little bit? So there's all different ways to take my classes. Um, I don't know if I can, I don't know the timing of this. In the fall, I have my um, live webinar slash recorded video version of my beginner course, which is kind of like my flagship course. So we do, there's recorded videos. You get to practice with other people, which is really important. It is not enough to just be like, these are the steps. You actually have to get in there and, and try it with animals so you can know what works for you, what doesn't, where you're getting hung up. Um, that course starts in, I don't know the price. It's probably, <laughs> I never have enough. It's on your website, right? Yes, it's on my website, yes. Uh, but that course starts in, 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 in September. And that's, that's the thing that most people do that brings them, actually, that is the coolest course because by the second class, you're communicating with animals. Right. Which is, people, people will be writing in the group, I can't believe this wait, is this real? Like, what? How did I do this? And then sometimes it's so it's working over the over the different lessons that we're doing. And then you get to the end of the course and someone's like, but wait, 
what if I can never do this again? You know, they'll start thinking like the planets need to align and I need to be wearing my blue shirt because it was working. <laughs> you know, they get all worried <laughs> because it seems so crazy that they can do it. Um, so then people get worried that they'll never be able to do it again. But so that um, that's my favorite way to teach right now in the world is using videos and then being able to be present for all of the the practice and the questions and things like that. My method, I've dialed it in after 20 years. I know, I know I've got my method down, but where I, what I find people need is they want the support. They want to be able to go, well, this happened and it didn't work for me. And my partner was so much better than me. And then I can look at it intuitively. You don't understand. That's what they do. Everybody does it. You get two partners. We're so fallible. We are true. Yes. And we doubt ourselves in everything, even if we're amazing at it. Right. Am I good enough? Right. One person will be saying, I wasn't as good as my partner. I was terrible. And the other person is going, oh, but I thought you were amazing. And I was going to drop out of the class because you were so good. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it does connecting with animals brings up our, our stuff and our fears and our worries. But that's why I like to be there for the support. That's why I want to be there to answer the questions. And um, yeah, so that's that's my favorite way to teach. Awesome. So how many classes is it? How many? It's, it's live webinars. That class, that's six lessons dropped one a week. And then in between there, there are live webinars and it's either a live webinar with me where we're doing Q&A or it's a practice webinar with some of my practitioners that I've certified and we're actually running, they're running you through practices. So everybody's right there real time being like, okay, I got this information and they're helping um, understand the information that came through. That is so cool. Um, Danielle, I think I'm going to take that course. I Because really, every, time oh. every time I work with an animal, um, I visualize them beforehand. And I ask my clients to send me pictures. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's what I visualized you at. Sometimes it's so different. The animal looks so completely different yes. than what yes. I visualized. And what I've noticed is that, like, I'll say, oh, I imagined him to be this. And they're like, oh, no, that was my old dog who passed I'm like oh literally but also so weird I just thought of that. what you're doing is real so a lot of times they'll appear like sometimes let's say I'm connecting with a chihuahua no let's say I'm connecting with a, a Bernese mountain dog but I don't know it's a Bernese mountain dog and in my head I see a chihuahua and it turns out that in the chihuahua sitting there shaking and being all nervous that this Bernese mountain dog has anxiety issues and is all worried. So that visual ends up, they use everything they can to get the information through. You're doing it. Oh, I'd love to have you. Oh, I'm going to do it. Oh, cool. I'm in. You're going to see me in September. And well, this is going to be out before September. Wait, so, um, other people can join. Fabulous. What else? What about your one-on-ones? Tell me about those. I don't do one-on-ones. You don't? No. Nope. I had to, I had to stop. I had, I had thousands of people on my wait list. I am a people pleaser at heart. I'm working on it, but I, I couldn't keep up. So what I did is I now train people. They do classes. If people want to go further, I certify them. They can become a soul level animal communicator and you can get a reading from one of my people on my website. They all started their own businesses. A lot of them were already in the pet industry and then they added this in and then they decided, wait, I want to, I want actually to put it out there that I do this as well. So lots of, um, yeah, no one-on-ones from me. No. 
I know. <laughs> I know it upsets people, but I swear my people are great. I train them. I certify them. I like right now we're in the middle of feedback calls for one of the courses where we listen to them, do a reading, give them feedback on how to make it better. And right. It's a big love fest right now. Cause they're all writing in the group. This is amazing. I love this feedback. I never, it's, it's really nice. They're great people. I don't let anybody go through that. I don't like feel. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Okay. Got it. So I literally had a reading from a legend on Bootsy. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I, know, I know on your YouTube channel, you do a lot of live Q&As. You do a lot of sessions. So you do answer people's questions on your YouTube channel. I do. And then I also have a Be Open community where people get together who love animals or are interested in animal communication, intuition. And in there, I do a lot of, we have office hours where I just bang out um, intuitive. I connect in and connect, connect yep. and share. Um, we do live webinars in there. And then there's also opportunities to get readings from my practitioners in there. And then everybody chats and loves each other. So um, that's where I do it. I don't offer privates. Got it. Okay. What does an animal communicator make as far as money goes? Is this something that they can do as a career? Can someone yep. actually do for real? Yep. I mean, I've been in it full time yeah. since 06. Um, and many of my practitioners are in it full-time as well, but it really, it's like a regular business, right? It depends on how much are you willing to put yourself out there? Right. Um, and right now in this business, so much of it is focused on social media, right? You have to be willing to put your, your face out there. You have to be willing to put your words out there. When I started in 2000, it was like, post your business card on the board at the, <laughs> at the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was none of that. But now it's changed, which allows people, if they're willing to put themselves out there to attract a global audience doing this, because you would not believe how many people want to feel closer to their animal or want more from their, their connection or want to be able to ask their animal questions. I mean, it's a, and it's really cool over the past, what, 23 years, it used to be that I would say I was an animal communicator and basically everybody thought I was crazy or a dog trainer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mom thought I was crazy. Now I would say 85% of the time people know what I'm talking about. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Got it. All right. So can I, can, can are you... Would you be open to like telling me about my four cats? No, I can't do four cats now. <laughs> no. No, you want me to all four of them coming together, attacking <laughs> your brain. <laughs> oh my god! I'm I'm like, oh, bring them on. <laughs> so I can actually communicate with them. Yeah. When the time comes. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I'm really psyched about this. I'm going to go to your website and sign up. I also, I did put together a little page for your people. Yeah, I want it. Okay. okay. It's daniellemckinnon.com slash petropolist. Yep. I said, I, you mouthed it while I said it. That was cute. <laughs> and on that page, there's, um, there's a five tips to communicate better with your pet. There's a link to my new book. The Incredible Animal Afterlife. And then there's a whole bunch of information about that community of people there who are all into animals and 
exploring intuition and looking for other people who don't necessarily think they're crazy. Like I think you thought when I first got on here. <laughs> I mean, I still think it's crazy. I can't help it. It's just because I, for me, food and nutrition and health. And then I'm thinking, what are those farm animals thinking? Yeah. You know, and like, I'll go to, I'll look at all these videos of pigs in these pens being held there so people yeah. can eat bacon so and I look at them and imagine life as them and it drains me it exhausts yeah. me this must be exhausting yeah which is another reason why I couldn't keep doing the thousands of people were just waiting every day for me to get to them and a lot of the time it's not a quickie easy little thing right the stuff we've been talking about is big stuff it is. So it, it's, it's a lot. So I, the, what worked better for me was sharing it with everybody else so they can do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine it being an emotional drain. Yeah. So for someone who is intuitive, you have to take on all the energies and whatever's happening in the household. You hold on. To I have it. to, yeah. I have to go through that. I'm in that for the time of that reading. It's a lot. Do you have to, when you're done doing your um, YouTube sessions, uh, do you have to ground yourself? Do you have to do something to come out of that state? To I just make sure that I cleanly disconnect so that I'm not, um, when I first started, I didn't understand about connecting in and then cleanly fully disconnecting. And then I started to get it, but my assistant didn't get it. And one time I did a psychic fair and I did 22 readings in like six hours or something. They're quickies. They're like, just 20 minutes but that's and, and so but she was there she was taking notes she was helping me after every session I disconnected because I knew this is how I have to take care of myself she didn't the the psychic fair ended and she left and puked in the parking lot because it was too much we have to take care of ourselves wow. and it's not hard to take care of ourselves I just needed to consciously be like okay I'm disconnecting now but she wasn't doing that piece. I'm not trying to scare you. It's easy to be clean and direct and focused in your energy and have these nice disconnections. But if you don't do it, you're not going to feel well. <laughs> so I assume you teach that in your mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. All of it is in there. Yeah. And that I feel like that's one of the things that makes my classes so successful and people really able to do it is I help them learn how to position themselves energetically for success and manage that. Love that. Beautiful. I'm looking forward to getting the outline you put together for the Petropolis podcast. I'll have that in the show notes. I'll have the links to your website and to your YouTube page on the show notes. So excited to have had you here. You're amazing. And I can't believe it, but I'm going to take your course because I can. So cool. So cool. And then maybe Bootsy will tell me how satisfied he is <laughs> well you'll get to hear a lot from him because you'll keep using him in practices yeah. oh my god I'm in hell already Thanks. it'll be fun I appreciate that <laughs>